All right. Well, welcome back to See Her Love. And we're so glad you've joined us for this series where I sit down with my mentors from over the decades, catch up with them, ask them questions about me, and listen to their thoughts on mentoring, leadership, and so much more. And today's guests and mentors are the amazing Art and Karina Kung, mentors to me in my early 20s, which was just only a few years ago. My leaders during my YWAM, for those who don't know YWAM, we'll talk about it, but it's Youth with a Mission Experience in Winfield, British Columbia, Canada. And we're going to be talking about so much more. So Art and Karina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Woo! And, and you guys haven't aged at all. Like, I, I look at you and I'm like, you guys look like the same when I was like in my early 20s. Amazing. Well, there's a little bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have a mustache now and it's uh, weird, crazy gray hairs all over the place. A little bit. Yeah. But I can't believe it's been that long. I was trying to think. I think that was 20. No. I mean, I'm going to out myself of my age, but it was 20 some years ago. <laughs> Jimmy, I, I just, I happened to see this morning. I remembered that's the only journal of all the years of DTSs that I kept was your school year. Yeah, and DTS, the Discipleship Training School part of Youth with a Mission, right? Mm -hmm. That was, that was the only journal you kept? It's the only journal I've ever kept, and it's 1997. Thanks. <gasps> okay, there are people who are listening who were like, we weren't even born then. Like, what, it was 97? <laughs> it was pre-millennial. It was pre-2000 uh, scare. I know. Yes, that's right. It was pre-COVID, pre-millennial, pre-everything that we never thought would ha be happening. Um, for, our, for our audience, can you tell us a little bit about you? So Art, maybe go you first. Karina, tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing now, your role, passions, all that. Okay, well, um, what what about me? Well, I'm, I'm an old man now, and uh, <laughs> we have... A wonderful son. He's 22 years old. Wow. Just finished his kinesiology uh, portion of his degree. And now he's going to education. So that's, that's, I think, how can I describe myself except that I'm, a, I'm, I'm just loving life. Uh, if you're asking what I do specifically, I, I'm a, I serve as a chaplain with University Campus Ministries. And the campus that I serve is at the, the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. So also at the, we call it SATE. At SATE, I also serve as the interfaith liaison for the mm. interfaith center. So that's, mm -hmm. that's how I occupy my nine to five. That's awesome. Yeah. So good. Karina, what about you? Uh, for me, let's see where I'm at. Love being a mom, love being an auntie. Um, in a stage in my life, I'm actually rediscovering myself. Mm. So I, um, I left, uh, well, I resigned from a position as a daycare director, just feeling, I think I need to be focusing on things that I, I have to get back to, which is part of something that happened when we moved back to Calgary, building our home we didn't know where we were going to live back in Calgary and just felt if we were to have a home, it was going to be called Agape, which mm. is all generations, all people embraced. So I've just been asking, okay, God, what does that mean for me? 
what are you asking me to do where do I pour my energies because what what I was happening in my life I was pouring so much energy into things that was actually at this point in my life that was draining me it wasn't mm -hmm. giving life and purpose yeah so yeah but I mean I'm definitely still doing a lot of different things in I guess mentoring yeah. but it's more informal and it's coming out of relationship that makes sense so. yeah that's good well I think the reason why I, ha I have both of you on is because in the series I'm, I'm connecting with mentors or you know people that were really formative in my own life and I think those years and what Art said which is shocking in 97 you know was when I decided to you know, go to youth with a mission from Ontario all the way to British Columbia in this field <laughs> camp where there was nothing, there was no urban city. And I landed there and it was a very critical time in my life, especially in my own faith. And I met you two. And thank God uh, I met you two at that time because you both were very, very important in, in, in really where my life was going to go sort of the trajectory I think now as I look back of where I was headed mm -hmm. and I think uh why the mentoring and influence was because there were some very key conversations uh and and the way that you befriended me and loved me were very very key uh to my life and I, and and we can talk about that because I think how you led me, how you listened, how you held space to be present were new to me. Your language was very new to me. Uh, the way in which, you know, you operated in, yeah, just how you connected and friendship with me was very different. Um, I wasn't used to that way of acceptance. But I, I think, yeah. I, it was really formative. And I think that's really, um, which comes kind of comes to this question, and I'll kind of like bounce around. But when I came in, be honest, because I don't know if our listeners and viewers know, like, I was a bit of a mess. And you can be honest, you be honest. I don't mind. This is an authentic, safe space. But I was a bit of a mess coming into uh, YWAM, wasn't I? I don't know if I would describe it that way. Okay. Uh, well, that's gracious. Well, you know, you have to remember when we first saw you, we didn't know anything about you. Right. We we don't really know. I, I, you know, outside of the things you divulge in your application, your testimony story and these sort of things, right? But we didn't know you personally. We only know the things that we read. When, when we first saw you and met you, I think there was something uh, in you and, and in us that, that uh, drew us together. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't say that... You know, it's not a looks thing or whatever. It's not commonalities. We were quite different. Mm -hmm. We were older, <laughs> different in life. Mm -hmm. You came from a little bit different in his, uh, a history or background and maybe things that we were accustomed to. But I don't know what it was. Something, something draws us together, right? And that doesn't always happen in every person that you meet. Even as much as you try and you hope in uh, a school when you have what we have, 30 of us or something I can't remember. It was uh, a pretty big school. Uh, well, for, mm -hmm. for yeah. Kelowna, <laughs> but yeah. but 
it, you know, it's not guaranteed. Like, uh, there are, are people there that, oh, I, I barely remember that person. Mm-hmm. You know, others I completely remember uh, with depth and, and honesty, and, and it impacted our lives as much as hopefully mm-hmm. we helped impact others too. And I, I think you were always one of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't say you were a mess. When we saw you, okay. there was there's something <laughs> about you. Maybe it was fraudulent. I don't know. Hmm. But a bubbliness. Yes. Mm-hmm. A smile, and there, mm-hmm. there's 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 a delightfulness about you. We didn't know honestly. I think I think I even probably talked to Karina. I remember Charles. We we talked with Charles too. It's like I'm not sure about that. that moment. Is it real? Is it mm-hmm. is she putting on a show? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you were you're bubbly right from the beginning, from what I remember. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say you were a mess though. That's not okay. how I would. Have Maybe internally I was. Karina, what are your thoughts when you for like? When I first met yeah. you, uh, like I said before, I felt like you were this wild stallion. Yep. I actually have that written down. I have that to yeah, talk about. Like yeah. Just, wow. It's kind of like, here comes Mal. <laughs> Here she is. And yeah, I just felt like there's this beautiful stallion. But kind of wild, kind of ooh everywhere. But people were attracted to you, and I, yeah. I remember you saying you didn't have a lot of girlfriends at that time. That no, you, right? Mm-hmm. But do you remember how many the girls just were drawn to you? I don't know. You you shared your dresses, your clothes. And- <laughs> <laughs> Always the key. Always the yeah. key. Share your clothes and dresses with girlfriends and you're in. My girl that like I remember just the girls. I remember your birthday. Mm-hmm. How remember how we celebrated your birthday? Mm-hmm. I do. All the girls dressed up and just there's just something like Yeah. 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 Well, and when I say a mess, I think in that time in my life, you know, I was kind of coming out of this prodigal time. I was I, I felt I think internally spiritually like lost because I had all of this stuff I had done had run away from God and I was coming in it almost felt like this last resort of like am I going to get saved from you know these choices that I continually make or I had made and I was very drawn to you I think that for the two of you and as we're talking about mentorship because it seemed like you know it for this it was circumstantial where we kind of found each other and then you were able to really mentor and lead me in that space of, of youth with a mission yeah. But I really felt drawn to you as well. I think there was a calm and peace and yet an honesty about you too. And and I think in the mentoring part, I think I'm grateful that you did take the time to mentor and be with me. I know that was part of your role in the in this mission time, but I also felt that you you're even more intentional about that. I think just in spending the time with me to kind of mentor and kind of identify things. Mm-hmm. Actually, Art and I were talking about this. I feel like you chose us. Hmm. You know, like, because mentorship is, it's a two-way street. It's a relationship that's mm-hmm. formed out of love and trust. And there's just something, I feel like you chose us. Because there was this vulnerability and humility mm-hmm. about you, Mel. Like, you just were willing. So I feel like you chose us. Hmm. And then we responded to you in the way that, the way that, I don't know, you're always asking questions and willing to take even 
our feedback or sometimes, I don't know if you call it construction yep. criticism or just like, hey, you know, but you, you really, you were very humble about that. And I, I just feel like you chose us. That's yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think there, there's hmm. these elements there yeah. that, Mel, I think, uh, you know, I remember uh, hmm. you sharing a lot about the stuff that you'd come through and uh, the hardships, the difficulties, the choices that you had made. But you made a choice to come to YWAM, to DTS, to seek God. And, and in that humility of choosing mm -hmm. and that posturing, of being willing to be molded by what God would do, I think opened the door for mm -hmm. us to be able to mentor, yeah. if that's the word you like to use. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, even for us to say anything into your life as, as leaders, mm -hmm. took you posturing your heart. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, I think uh, I, know, I don't think we chose you, but we were fortunate to have you mm -hmm. come and be part of us and that, that something mutual sparked and that mutual giving and sharing, giving and sharing, giving and sharing, hmm. uh, created a bond that uh, allowed yeah. for mentorship. And uh, yeah. unless you fostered your heart, I don't think it would have worked. That's no? right. Yeah. That's actually really good because I think one of the things I'm finding, and I want to kind of go into mentorship, is that, you know, I still think I'm 20 and I'm still like, oh, I need a mentor. And then yet I have all these young women coming to me going, can you mentor me? And then I start laughing because I'm like, oh, I'm too young for that. How can I be your mentor? I need a mentor. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. I'm in a, in a different season. I'm in the stage and age where, oh my goodness, yes, I'm in that stage and age where now people are coming to me for mentorship. But what I'm finding is a lot of my girlfriends and, and guy friends are a little nervous about mentoring. You know, they, they don't want to. There's a number of reasons for it. And so I'd love your thoughts on like why it's important because they're like, oh, I don't think I have the time or I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the right words. I'm not the perfect person to do it. And so I'm seeing a lot of people shy away from it when I have generations of people who are looking for people mm -hmm. to mentor and do life with them. And we're seeing people going, I can't do it. What would you say really is not only the importance, and I hear about, you had some good things to say there about, you know, being like a mentee, being open, but you know, how, what advice can you give to people who are nervous about it, afraid to do it? And you know, what would you say to them? Yeah, I, I think first I, I take that language down a notch. Okay. Because sometimes the scariness is the language in itself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mentor, that sounds like a huge word. It's mm -hmm. a big word. It, it's, it's a, you know, you research enough, mentor comes from uh, Greek mythology and, and, you know, has to do with, you know, <laughs> Athena and, the, and all this sort of stuff. Well, we could take all that away because it's huge. The mm -hmm. huge ramifications of what it means and the expectation beyond it, it it's, it's, could be stifling. Because mm -hmm. who is ready? Mel, we weren't ready. We weren't ready to mentor you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's why if you choose that word now, okay, because I'm, I'm almost a senior citizen, so I can handle that word now. Mm -hmm. But remember, we were just barely 30 ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, I mean. Uh, yeah. Wow. We were, you yeah, seem so much yeah. older than. Yeah, we were just barely thirty. So, so the yeah. use that word mentor would have been a scary thing. I would have mm -hmm. pushed back on it. Yeah. But uh, there are other words we can use. Maybe are helpful to what 
I, uh, you can identify with, right? Like, I love the word coaching. I love that. Yeah. Coaching people is good. Uh, maybe uh, yeah, there's a, 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 a lot now moving in, in the, our Christian circles about eldership, right? So what does it mean to be an elder in the church or, or in a ministry? Uh, you know, maybe that stuff takes away some of that expectation of being a mentor, being a proficient at something or <laughs> what have you, have all your ducks in a row so you can lead out of your experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if we take away some of that and, and humble ourselves a little bit. Here's the other thing is I, I think our world, we're too egocentric. I think we think about ourselves too much. And we can think about ourselves too much that how great we are or or it could be debilitating and we think we about think ourselves very little of we think very, right. yeah, very little. that we don't have anything to offer yeah. that's right and i i think it just just i think it's about looking at the people in your life mm-hmm. that you have it's not that you have to seek out people but it's who are the people in your life that you just see and love right because we all go through stages and seasons in our life all of us do right Mm -hmm. and it's like well how can i love that person better how can i encourage them stop looking at myself of what i can but what it's thinking about the other person Mm -hmm. yeah what are ways i can just love and encourage them yeah sometimes people drop right into your it just drops in and 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 it's being aware of those people in your life that mean a lot. It, it might be your own peer. It might be someone younger. It could even be someone older. Because when you're talking about men, it's not about age. It's not about sometimes even your own experience, but it can be. Mm-hmm. But that's how I look at it. Who's in my life right now? Start with one person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who can I love well at this time how can i encourage them yeah and i i think that make it simplistic yeah that's part of it right is just recognizing what's around you Mm -hmm. get rid of all that terminology that can be very uh overstated and uh, too much yeah too big too ideal and and it's just who who are those that god's entrusted you to be in Mm -hmm. a relationship with and just be loving yeah that's a good it's way like of, you say, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Like you say in your show, when you uh, feel loved, seen, when you feel heard, you have a place of belonging, that's when people start opening up. That's when people start being authentic and real. Yeah. Right? And I think it's a, a place where they can tell their story. People want to tell their story. Mm-hmm. And we need to provide places like that and it can happen over dinner it can happen let's just have a cup of coffee yeah you know when you provide that space where you're you're really wanting to listen and hear their story where how are you where are you at yeah where have you been where have you come from and i've asked people that like hey can i hear about this and they they like to talk yeah yeah well i'm hearing mentoring i mean really is is this sense of doing doing life with someone but also being intentional about listening yes. to their story yes. like loving people yes. where they're at it doesn't have to be this form like i know there's formal mentoring where some people mentor very specifically yes. for 
a skill or whatnot. But then there's also very informal kind of life mentoring or coaching where you're just being with them. And as they have questions, a safe space, they can kind of share and you can give. Because that's what really happened with, you know, I know YWAM. And again, for people who don't know Youth with a Mission, it was, how long was it? Six months? It, it Really, yeah, it's designed yeah, to get trained and then go on to the mission field, you know, share Jesus, share gospel, good news. It, essentially, that was it. You, got, you were trained and then you were sent out into different places to, to, to meet with, with people and, you know, encourage and support the local church and whatnot. But I think, you know, with us really in your mentoring, it was really doing life together for that time. It was really you spending time with me, listening, praying, identifying, and, you know, being honest about things in my own life that might've been a blind spot or that I didn't want to see. And yet you were, you were loving, me enough to identify those things and say those things. It was hard. It was probably hard for you guys to say them to me and it was hard to receive, but I, I think real love and care is when that's said in love to help you and, and build character and, and change the detour, you know? So I absolutely agree with that. I also think that, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, it, it's good to have the context of what we were in, right? You know, the youth of the mission discipleship training school context is quite unique. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, six months, that's nothing. <laughs> it's not six months of living in a neighborhood. <laughs> no. It's six months of living together. No. Uh-huh. 24-7. Over dinner, over breakfast, mm-hmm. over cleanup, over all the normal life on life stuff. I, I mean, it, it was probably more unique and rare to get a moment by yourself. True. In six months. True. I remember and so the intensity of that. It, it, it heightens. It, it's uh, yeah. It was yeah. It, it you know you can have a friend for five years and barely know them. But we, I think, uh, over a six month period with with how we dig into the Bible, how we dig into being honest and open with one another in small group as well as on individual one on one times stuff. It all lends itself to, uh, I, I guess, the term that people have used often is this hot box environment. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I don't know if we know the context yeah. of what a hot box yeah. is, but any, I think we, we smoke onto greenhouse. each other. A greenhouse effect. <laughs> greenhouse Absolutely. Effect. Right. Yeah. We, 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 uh, it gets intense yeah. and, and the vulnerabilities, um, I don't think are easily repeated in, in, even if you're in Bible college with people for that same six, six month period of time, it doesn't get close to that. Yeah. And uh, maybe it takes you four years of being intentional with somebody over time. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, during YWAM, I mean, it was Nico climbing some mountain, just so ridiculous. I think that was the start. Yeah, that was the start, which was so ridiculous and couldn't deal with that, especially in my like platform boot shoes, which I remember having to go get the, for the first time hiking boots and they weren't platform. I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, <laughs> You, no, no, you bought, I think you bought hiking boots, if I remember correctly, but they weren't actually even hiking boots. I think they were hiking style. Yeah, they might have been a hiking, like a, yeah, hiking style boot. Yeah, it was the worst. I mean, everything about that. But here's the thing. What I found is hard things build character. Hard things said in love build care. Like, honestly, that's why, I mean, Youth with a Mission, that moment was really, really like pivotal in my life. As much as there were moments I hated it and I wanted to go home, 
And I, um, because who wants to address and look deeply into yourself, your character, what motivates you, what, what you need to feel adored and, and all the things that you do for that. Like, I mean, that's what I was identified. And I really am thankful that through that messy coming to like, honesty about myself, you, you two were there for me. I mean, and, and lots of conversations, lots of prayers, lots of moments together. We had to be like, Mel, you know, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're identifying. This is what, you know, we're encouraging you to, or our best advice. And I think that's what, you know, as, and when we call it mentoring or doing life together, I think the most important thing for us, I think there was trust. Like I would not have done anything if I didn't trust you both. Like, I think there was like a, a sense of safety where I really felt I could be vulnerable and, and, and in the vulnerability, not be judged. Uh, and I think that was really key too in this relationship, which I think are key things for any mentoring, coaching relationship. You need those things where there's trust and safety um, for that. Um, are you surprised at where I am now? Thinking back from when we, where I was <laughs> and how, what I was like then, are you surprised? No. Okay. No. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I I think in in some sense maybe, but <laughs> not really. We 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 could always see um, yeah. your gifts and yeah. your talents. Right? Do you where was that that one time that you were going to share your story, and you're like, I don't want to. I have read that this. written down. Oh, outreach. I have that written down as ma as a major thing about you guys. Yep. That was. Yeah, and you really didn't want to do it. And then art. Art forced you. No. no oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No. I would use the word no. force. You used the Holy Spirit. This is what God's saying. But it was a force. I remember that. And I had I had pimples and zits all over my face. I was hot. I was annoyed about Guyana. I'd been bitten by some chiggers. I don't know what was. I was not good. Yeah, and it was forced. Right. I, maybe it was. But... <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Someone manipulated you to do it, but you know, I, yeah, you, your story absolutely was amazing. I remember to that point, you felt your story was for other ladies. Yeah. It was for girls, mm -hmm. but you sharing, it was, oh my goodness. it was all the men that came. It was the fathers. Yeah. It was the fathers who were. I remember impacted. that. Wow. Or men and period in general. Yeah. It was more men. It was more men and dads who were like, oh, we're not doing this well. We're not good to our daughters or kids or wives. And I was like, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. You know that. And I was going to, I'm just going to say this, but I'll jump to it now. So that was the first time I actually publicly shared my story. Like this is, this is yeah. really important because when people say, when was the first time you really shared your story? You were a storyteller, you spoke. Mm -hmm. It was, and I, and I think I'm just like, man, when was that? And then I think back and that moment of you mm -hmm. quote unquote forcing me <laughs> was actually the first time I publicly went up on stage and did that, which was the start, I believe of mm -hmm. something that God birthed in me about storytelling and the power of yeah. when I don't want to, <laughs> God has a, has a bigger agenda plan than I ever thought and can use me in my worst ever, yes, um, exactly. to then do something really incredible, um, in his own, 
plan. Because I remember that, guys, I remember that very, I wasn't supposed to speak that night. I think it was supposed to be you, Art, or somebody else was supposed to speak. And it was, I think it was one of you or something was supposed to happen. And then you came to me and you were like, Mel, this is what we really feel. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I think I had a tantrum internally or externally. I don't know. I was not happy about it. And it was like, nope, yeah. it's you. And I had to get up on that yeah. stage and share my story about my dad and forgiveness and the poor choices I'd made. But when a father forgives yeah. you and what it means to a daughter and a woman. Uh, and I was terrified of sharing that because once you say something out loud, it's like, it's out there, right? You can't take mm -hmm. it back and then seeing what happened there. But that was the start. That was the start. Yeah, and, and it's beautiful. And I guess, uh, my memory of that is again, it's the same as my memory of you coming mm -hmm. to us in the first place. It's, it's a posturing of your own heart again. Yeah. You could have easily resisted and, and, and like, stuck no. your feet in the ground and forget that, mm -hmm. you no know, thing. and uh, it would, none of this would have happened, right? Yeah. The catalyst of that would have never been actualized. And I think uh, you taking time to actually take it back to your prayer room and go, God, what, that. what is this? Let me, let me submit to you. If this is you, let me, let me, let me do what your will is in this and you taking the time to do that was uh very necessary mm -hmm. uh, otherwise can can you imagine you would have resisted what would we have done we would have done something we would have done something. god god could have, have easily taken our second and plan our plan b and made the best out of it as yeah. he often does in our lives and uh you know something else wouldn't be necessary later on life for you to have to um Put it out there, mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I think the. I, I think. No, go sorry, ahead. Mel, I'm just gonna. I because you're uh, alluding back to that first question. You know, what are the necessities of it? I I think it's this posturing of humility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Humility and and submission is, is a big deal. You how do you mentor someone or forget that? How do you teach anyone anything? I have a 22 year old son who knows a lot. And oftentimes tells me he knows a lot more than I do. <laughs> we have an 18 year old. We I, get it. Yeah. Right. How do you teach them? How do you teach something? And uh, sometimes when you run into, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, it's arrogance. Arrogance is the opposite of humility. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you teach someone? How do you, how are you taught if you come into something with arrogance? So uh, I think this, this dynamic of the mentee being in a place, posturing themselves mm -hmm. to be uh, pliable, mm -hmm. yeah. to be moldable is yeah. crucial. I don't think you can mentor those who refuse to learn, to grow, mm -hmm. to change, to, to yeah. shift from their position. I'm mm -hmm. stuck here yeah. and you're not moving me, mm -hmm. you know, is your, is your hand, when you hold up your hand, is your hand a fist or is it an open palm? I think it, those are two different uh, representations of where your heart could possibly be. Right? Mm -hmm. And I, honestly, Mel, I, I, I take it very humbly that you would call us mentors mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form. Like, uh, I, I feel like we're friends. I feel like we've always yeah. been friends. Yeah. And uh, if we've had things to say and you've taken it as a mentoring or some, something from uh, a discipleship thing, well, that's 
that's a posture between you, your heart and God more so than from us. Mm-hmm. That's what we honestly feel. We don't yeah. feel like we've, we've intentionally mentored you in any way except to respond to what, what we feel God is saying and then we, yeah. we'll present it. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Actually, I'm, I'm just taking this all in. I'm just listening to what that is. Well, I think this is the perfect segue for me to kind of gush about you because <laughs> really what I'm doing is I'm actually just getting my mentors on, like on the line so I can just talk to them about how much I appreciate them and what I said. So let me just tell you a few things that came to mind when I want to share some thoughts about you, which I've kind of said, but I think one of the things, 100% for sure, number one, is that you both saw the potential in me believed in me more than I believed in myself. Like I said earlier, I came into like youth with a mission, like this is my last resort. I've got to go on a mission trip to get right with God and had kind of this agenda of what it would look like. And then God blew it out of everything and changed everything of what I thought. And he put you guys in the picture. But I think, you know, when you come out of kind of years of prodigal daughter syndrome, disappointing yourself and your family and God, and you're kind of like this really low point. I didn't believe in myself in the sense of like, can God still use me? Will God still use me? Because look of all the stuff I've done. And the two of you really saw that in me. I think that's the number one thing I, I love about the two of you is that you really saw kind of like the gold in me, the the spark that was still there and the potential that was in me when I didn't see it in myself. I really didn't. I didn't, and I didn't know. I, I really felt like that was kind of like the, my last resort. And my parents would say that too. My parents would have said, you know, YWAM, Youth with a Mission, was kind of like the best thing that the church and us could have sent you on in that time in your life because you really kind of were lost. You didn't know what was happening. You didn't know where you were going. And you just sort of needed a place of safety where you could kind of like rebuild and have some moments to kind of really um, be with good people that would love you in this. So you both saw the potential in me and I'm so grateful. You've always been really great champions of me, even even then, but even throughout the years, like just always I knew that whenever I would visit you in Calgary or times we could connect, you always were just great champions, cheerleaders for me. And you know, everybody needs a good cheerleader. I've been a cheerleader and I know what that's like for my football teams when I was in Singapore and even in Mississauga, cheering on your team. Uh, and you always were like that, you know, cheering me on and through some difficult situations where, you know, we're going through my divorce or going through some hard things, still cheering me on, believing in me. And so I so appreciate that. And then Karina, you brought up that. I think you're, you both are truth tellers in a great loving way. This whole wild stallion was free, but you're like, and I'm like, oh yeah, I love that. I can relate to the wild stallion, but you're like, yes, but you need some boundaries and some fencing in because a wild stallion going free is this beauty untamed, but there also needs to be some boundaries on life and decisions and, and focus. And I think, Karina, to this day, I still remember that very clearly. And it was said in great love, like you're a wild stallion. You've got yeah. all this energy and passion. You're wild and gifted. However, we need to kind of in this time sort of bring you in and some focus and character and, and questions you need to ask yourself. And so I, I really love that. I also, again, we talked about this, you know, encourage me to do my first sort of public speaking about very honest, hard things about my life. And yet, you know, we believe God is saying you. And I think there's something about that 
about seeing again the potential, uh, believing again in in me when I didn't for myself. Because again, I think, you know, here's the other thing I will say. The part of why I didn't want to art go and speak was I think there was a part of shame and being ashamed of the story. Like, who am I to stand on stage and talk to people about my own faith in God when I had done all these things that seemed so anti-God and anti-good decisions? Um, and yet you guys were very clear on this is what we believe God is saying. And so you're, you're going to go do it. <laughs> and I remember that having to go pray about it and wrestling not only with you guys, but also with God. And then it, it wasn't resolved. I don't think I really heard God say I was at peace. I think it was more of an obedience thing, being faithful and trusting that you guys knew what you were talking about. <laughs> trusting you when I didn't even trust myself to feel that I could speak and that I, I could stand on a stage and platform and share. And I'm telling you now, that's actually at the core of where I'm at today. Because there are still moments when I get up on stage or get up in front of in front on the studio set in front of thousands of people on TV. And there are moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, am I the right person to do this? Can I do this? My life. And God still continues to say, you know, it's my story enmeshed in your story. And this isn't, this is for that person that I love. So go and speak. <laughs> so, and then I think just, you've been very, both of you just faithful in prayer and friendship. We don't get to hang out a lot and see each other a lot and connect, but I always know I can kind of come back anytime to your home and, and this or moments and just say it's a safe space. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. That's my gushing on you both. I'm so grateful for the two of you in those, in those things in my life. Oh, we, we appreciate that. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I would never have described it as a mentoring relationship mm. in the uh, beginning. And uh, even now, I don't think I would, honestly. I think there's a mutuality there mm -hmm. that we can, uh, you know, we're, we're, we learn a lot from watching your program and things like this too, right? And, and uh, we are as humble now. As we get older, we're more humble. And yeah. uh, as we... Our advice to you moving forward into the next generation too, Mel, stay mm -hmm. humble in this all. I think uh, where the beginning of it all uh, was was beautiful, the humility to learn from the Lord. And as you grow with more success, that you stay more humble. Uh, you don't become more uh, prideful mm -hmm. or arrogant or look at all that I do. No, I, we don't see that in you, Mel. We still mm -hmm. see you as our buddy, Mel. <laughs> Good. A little... My, my little duckling. <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah. It always was like that. Uh, as we talk about, you know, mentorship and leadership and eldership and coaching, I, I do want to talk about, because I, I know you are about this. I, I'm i about next generation. What would you say, and, and Karina, we can go, kind of go back and forth, you and then Art, but what would you say would be your kind of top leadership tips or habits for the ne the new leader, the next generation, and you have a son, so this is perfect, that they need to cultivate okay. to be not just a great leader, but a really great person. And I say this because so many people, millennials, and then I've got a 13-year-old, an 18-year-old, you know, and we're in that stage and age where a lot of people are like, what are things, Mel, like next generation, or like that I need to really cultivate a habit or a character or a tip to really make me a great leader or a great a great person overall. What would you What would you say? 
maybe Karina, Karina, let's start with you and then we can kind of go back and forth mm. you and Art, but just your thoughts for the next generation. For the next generation. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for this next generation, they, they need, like we've talked about, a place where they can, the new word is deconstruct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we hear yeah. that a lot, right? Like, it's interesting because I know, I guess around Evan's age, who are in high school, even college, they're really questioning their yeah. faith. Or if they've gone to church for all their life, is like, why do I need to continue? How is this mm -hmm. real? So I believe they need that place, mm -hmm. a safe place where they can question, where they can really talk about the things that they're, they're not sure about, even in their faith or Christianity or what they've seen maybe in their own church. I think, yeah, we, we need to be there mm -hmm. for them. They also need a place where they feel loved and a place of belonging. Um, yeah, they need a place where they can, if they are feeling lonely, they need to be set in a place where they feel a place of belonging and a family. Um, and I think the other thing is being able to ask questions mm -hmm. for them to just reflect and think about why they believe or how they yeah. feel. And uh, yeah, um, I think it also helps, I guess, like Art said, it's not just always looking at yourself. Mm -hmm. Because with this whole likes, you know, with social media, it's so easy to get caught up that your worth is what other people yeah. think of you, how many likes, but that their worth and who they are, that's how God created mm -hmm. them. They just, they need to know that love, the unconditional love. I mean, it's like we've talked about, Christ loved us while we were sinners. So we gotta just, we need to love them unconditionally where they're at, that it's not about trying to change and conform them to be, but yeah, they need that place to, to yeah. question. But also in the sense of, and reflecting, but also be in a place that they have a lot to offer too. Mm -hmm. They have a lot to give, Matt. Yeah. yeah. So does that look like then, Karina, in the context of church community, dinner church, small group, just family? Like I think, and I, I absolutely agree. I think a lot of people are like, where, what does that look like for them? Is that, do we start within mm -hmm. the church or is it more like we just need to have honest conversations and we just sort of gather them together over a meal? Yeah, I... I think for us, it's always started mm -hmm. at home. Like we can say that actually at home with Evan, where we actually allow him to question, hey, and disagree yeah. with us. It's done in a pretty respectful way, um, but he has lots of questions and just have, giving him that room. And um, I don't, we've never really forced Evan to be something or be in youth that kind of came on his own where we realized he can't jump on our faith it has to be his own journey and his discovery and even giving him room to make mistakes right without condemning him all the time and being on him but discovering and giving him a place where it's not just about mom and dad yeah. anymore but 
he's been able to find, I don't know if you want to call it, relationships where it has been impactful, mentorship has come, doing things with his peers to make right. a difference. But it was never us helicoptering over him all That's the time. That's good. Yes, do we speak to him when we feel, yes, but it's, it's also giving him space to, yeah. That's good. I love that. I, I love that. Art, for you, if, you know, you work with young people. What would you say would be some good habits for them to cultivate to be a great leader or maybe potentially a great coach or, or you know, mentor to others? What would you say? Yeah, oftentimes it seems like uh, strange language, new vocabulary and foreign <laughs> concepts that I talk about. But in this generation, humility is is weird. They don't understand what humility hmm. means, right? So humility, I, I, I have three words that bounce around all the time. It's, it's humility, it's uh, submission, <laughs> and it's love. Yeah. This generation has some understanding of what mm -hmm. love is, and we can debate about whether or not they understand the depth of love if we talk about agape love. It may not be fully understood. But uh, there's some concepts of love, or they have opinions of love. Humility is a bit wacky. It, it's countercultural to this mm -hmm. generation. Humility, thinking of yourself in 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 a meek place, it, it, is countercultural. Mm -hmm. And the idea of submission—that is wacky. We don't even use that word. What is what, it? What is, absolutely. Yeah. It, it it's. It's almost, uh, the equated, uh, I, I, I don't want to uh, misread it, but oftentimes it seems like they equated with some um, abusive mm. place. That being submissive is a, is a, a good, easy place for you to be abused. But I don't think it's that. In YMAM, we used to talk about being fat. Yeah, remember, yeah, remember? this? Faithful, available and teachable. Yeah. So faithful mm -hmm. to God and others. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and and showing faithfulness mm -hmm. and being available for what, just instead of being stuck in the mud, I refuse to do that, being available. That's what you had yeah. to do. You had to be available, make yourself available and, and be teachable, be teachable in, in the circumstances and the moments and things that are around. And uh, all of that is uh, based around humility, submission to the mm -hmm. Lord and those that, that potentially that he puts in in place over you and mm -hmm. around you and and uh, submission for us sometimes comes to being submissive to uh in this moment son you get to tell us what to do right you're 22 i'm not but i will submit to you in this mm -hmm. and i posture myself in a, a place of of learning right now and uh so we can't model these sort of things how do we expect them to embrace yeah. it right mm -hmm. and love love is important but truly understanding agape truly mm -hmm. understanding this unconditional unmerited uh, uh, kind of favor and it's love amazing i love that and and yeah these mm -hmm. are these are huge for us to try to model and encourage in yeah. this generation and it's 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 language they don't they're not accustomed to it's habits they don't know like how many people care to have x number of likes on their posts 
and things that they're doing and this is how they find their mm-hmm. value is by how many people yeah. follow them or like them or mm-hmm. retweet them do they even tweet I don't yeah know. Whatever. yeah they do no and I think that's really important I think <laughs> you, you both said some really important things so I think on Karina's side it was kind of a, a, a you know kind of like a, a conversation to those who are older where it's like we need to create safe spaces where next generation can deconstruct, ask questions, be honest. You know, I think that's really important. I think even for ourselves, like Chris and I with our own kids who are 13 and 18, are we creating a home that that's like that? We are. Sometimes it's hard because you kind of want to be like, I'm telling you what it is and this is how I want you to think. And it's like, no, that's not going to do anything, right? But I also think for a lot of people boomers gen xers you know we have to create those safe spaces for for young people to feel safe to share and and then learn art about what does humility mean in submission and love right because they're going to find that online they're going to find that on youtube they're going to find that with their friends but if we don't have those spaces of honest conversation where we can you know share and talk about humility and submission and love and demonstrate it they're going to find it somewhere else so I think that's really, really important. These are great, great things. Well, I know that I could talk with you for, you know, five more hours, and we probably will at some point. I'll, I'll give you guys a call, or I'll have to definitely come to Calgary, Alberta, and, and do a visit. But Absolutely. I just want to thank you, Art and Karina, for just spending this time with me, for being such a formative part of my life, for being, I'm going to say mentor art, but for a coach, mentor, elder, friend to me. And just for your presence, love, and leadership to not only me, but to so many in the spaces that you lead um, and you love. So I just want to say thank you so much for spending this time. And to our listeners and our viewers, you know, our prayer and hope is that you will find a mentor or coach or friend that you can do life with, that you will choose to be a mentor and coach for a young person that needs direction and encouragement, that you will be a champion for those that need one that you will see the potential in others who don't see it in themselves, that you will be truth tellers said with love to those who need to hear it, and that will you, li- you will live out humility and submission and love today. And as you do, know that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us today.